the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's going on, everybody? It's another Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. I could wait for Sammy Hagar's vocals to kick in there, but um, I'm not, and I'll tell you why. Sucker in a three-piece, that's from the OU812 album, uh, an underutilized track of that particular album, and not the best album that people relate to um, Eddie Van Halen. Last Thursday, October the 6th, uh, is two years now. Is it two years? Yeah, it's two years that Eddie Van Halen um, passed away, uh, had cancer, um, you know, was very sick. Not a lot of people knew about it, uh, sort of knew about it in the last uh, month before his death that, you know, they said he was near death. They kind of denied it a little bit. And then, of course, he passes away on the 6th of October in 2020, which was actually a couple of weeks before my my mom passed away. And... um, Cancer is a horrible thing. Uh, And I know we're opening the show, and I don't want to bring it down because we've got a great show for you tonight, but um, let me just, just, you know, say this. Go get checked. Go to the doctor. It's important. It's the difference between finding out if you have something and not having something. And I know that there's a segment of the population that would just rather ignore what they have, not go to a doctor, they don't believe in doctors, whatever the case may be. The bottom line, early detection on a lot of cancers is a big difference maker. It's the difference between you living and you dying. And I'm not saying that because Eddie didn't know about his cancer. He did and tried experimental treatments and stuff. He got a portion of his tongue taken out. Um, You know, I'm not referring to that, but uh, what I'm referring to are other cancers that some people have. By the time I found out about my cancer, which was on the 6th of October, was six years to the day that I started my first treatment for Hodgkin's lymphoma. Had I not gone, had I not, had my wife not pushed me to go get checked, I would have been dead inside of probably 30 days after that. The mass had wrapped around so many areas of my body that it was literally choking me to death. Choking me to death. So, believe me, early detection is key. And I'll leave it there. Donate to whatever cancer society you want to donate to. I don't have a particular one. The F cancer one is great. There's a lot of others out there. Donate. They need the money. We need to do the research. It's important. 
We've got a great show for you tonight. Coming up in 20 minutes, Jim McCune, Jackie DiBella, the co-founders of the Crampier Marketing Awards are going to join me. Cool new stuff happening with the awards, including something very cool if you win the award. And the award functions as an award and something else. Talked about it last week. We'll talk about it with Jim and Jackie and a lot of other things coming up in just about 20 minutes from now. Um, as I've been saying all along, the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival, June 3rd and 4th of next year. Tickets are on sale in December for Just the Beer. The artists will be announced in February. Get your tickets for this thing. Trust me, it is great. Bader Field, outside, beautiful weather. It's going to be awesome. If it rains, they still have it anyway. Wear a poncho, doesn't matter. It's fantastic, trust me. The Made in Jersey Festival, it's just a week away. Wiggins Waterfront Park, Camden, New Jersey, Saturday, October 22nd, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. The rain date is on October 23rd at the same times. Uh, The entire event is spotlight on New Jersey, craft beer, alcohol, oyster farms, honey producers, farmers, uh, crafters, a lot more. Food trucks are going to be there as well. It's being presented by the Camden County Board of Commissioners, along with Brewery Strong and Visit South Jersey. The Seed, Twin Elephant, Icarus, Zigmeister, Axe and Arrow, Carton, all going to be there. Uh, Ironbound Cider is going to be there. Melavino was supposed to be there for Mead, but unfortunately they have an event that's going on and they will not be able to attend. So Melavino will not be there, which is a, a, a big disappointment because Sergio's Mead is just, the man is a magician. Uh, Saturday, November 12th, Westfield Armory in Westfield, New Jersey. It's the return of Westfield Hop, 6 to 9.30 p.m., uh, you've got live music from Mr. Lovejoy, 100 Styles of Craft Beer, Great Food from Angry Archie's, The Bearded One Barbecue, Taxi, taxi Cab Burger, LLC, uh, plus vendors and fun. Tickets and info, westfieldhops.com. Prices increase on September, uh, on Sunday, October 30th, and again on November 6th, uh, 21 and over with picture ID. I will be in San Diego, so I won't be able to attend that event, uh, but it is, uh, it's a great time. Allison puts on a wonderful uh, event in Westfield, and I love it because it's six minutes from my house. So I'm kind of bummed that I'm going to miss it because it's a cab ride, and you know, do your thing, and then you come home. Sadly, I won't be able to to attend. Now, speaking of which, of that, I'll be out in San Diego in November. But speaking of the state of California, um, and this is the difference between you know all the fighting with New Jersey. Uh, you know, you have two guilds. You have the the, the state trying to overload uh, or overlord the uh, the breweries. But isn't it nice when you can actually do nice things? So California's brewery industry doubled in the last eight years, and collectively, breweries have pumped billions of dollars into the state's economy. Now, I get it. California, a very expensive place to do business, to live, etc. But now, two new craft beer laws have cleared the runway for future growth. So back on September 30th, Governor Gavin Newsom signed into law updated rules. That will allow independent breweries to expand in communities throughout the state. AB 2307 raises the limit on brewery growth from six satellite locations to eight. It lifts the cap on how many of those tap rooms can have a full kitchen from two to four. AB 2301 simply allows breweries to distribute to restaurants they own within a five-mile radius. Both long-overdue bills are going to be a boost for the state's craft beer economy. Now, Lori Ajax, the executive director of the California Craft Breweries Brewers Association, said, we just want our brewers to feel that the sky's the limit on what they can achieve. We're grateful that the governor supports these small businesses and signed AB 2301 and AB 2307. Uh, the craft beer industry in California, straining at the seams to meet customer demand and family-friendly gathering spaces in the legal limit, was holding craft beer back. Field work brewing has seven locations throughout the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, the company's founder, Barry Braden, 
excited about the two bills now becoming law. Um, they had a soft opening in San Leandro that was going to be there last for a while until this bill, uh, one of the bills, 2307, was passed. Uh, it was written by Assemblyman Mark Berman. Um, San Leandro, they said, was their biggest opening ever. We believe in meeting customers where they're at, bringing them a community-centered space with great beer. But we had hit our limit on licenses. An urban roots brewery, Peter Hoey, pleased his next restaurant won't require a distributor. Now listen to this. Urban Roots hires a Concord-based distributor to haul beer from their brewery to their warehouse several counties away and back to uh, Balk by Urban Roots, the brewery's fried chicken venue, which sits four-tenths of a mile away from the brewery. And with the signing of AB 2301 into law, the Sacramento-based brewery will no longer have to participate in a what they call a ridiculous and costly dance. Um, so Hoey said, what's funny is that we could sell directly to the shady lady on one side and burgers and brew on the other, which is where this their brewery sits across the street, but we couldn't sell in the middle because we own it. Now, isn't it nice that in California they can have nice things, that they can do these things? Now, again, I'm not saying that New Jersey wants to run restaurants, that they want to be able to do that. Again, if you open a brewery in New Jersey, you can only open it in the one location. Let's say, for instance, Bolero Snort wanted to move from their Carlstadt location. Or not move, I should say. But let's say Bolero Snort decided that they, they were so popular in the state of New Jersey that they wanted to run a satellite operation in South Jersey, let's say. Let's say they decided to pick Wildwood and they wanted to open up a Bolero Snort in Wildwood. They would not be able to do it. It's against the law. They can't do it in New Jersey. Ship Bottom in Long Beach Island. They have a bunch of satellite locations, right? All of them are in Pennsylvania. None of them are in New Jersey. Why? It's against the law. Carton Brewing. Let's say Augie decided, and by the way, kudos to Augie and his friends. They're out doing the Tour de France in, in, uh, in France and, and, and across Europe. They're retracing the steps of the Tour de France. If I got the, uh, the posts on Facebook correct, kudos to Augie. That's awesome. I think that's really cool. Um, but let's just say Augie wanted to open up another, and I'm not saying he does, but let's say he wanted to open up a satellite carton location in South Jersey. Can't do it. It's against the law. In in California, you, now you can open a bunch of them. I mean, you already could, but there was a limit. Now there isn't a limit. You know, it's it's amazing to me how one state can do things in a good way and another state can stifle a business. Why New Jersey continues to put up these ridiculous restrictions to regulate entertainment and other things is is absolutely is absolutely beyond me. I just don't understand it. It doesn't make sense at all. Um, it's it's absolute nonsense. All right, we ran out of time here in this segment because I went on pontificating about cancer, but for a good reason. Not so much pontificating. Anyway, when we come back after a short break, we're gonna have more news and notes. Uh, a new beers from Left Hand Brewing. We got new beers coming up from Heavy Seas. And a story out of, the, out of Arizona from Axios that is using wastewater to make beer. That's right, wastewater. I know it sounds gross, but it's really not. You'll have to check out that story coming up next on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Just got lucky from Doc and Tooth and Nail. You know, I heard this coming in one morning uh, this past week on uh, Hair Nation on Sirius XM. And it was just one of those things where I was like, ooh, I have to play this. It's been a while since I heard this song. So I love when music like that kind of triggers a memory. Dokken is actually playing again uh, November, but I'm going to be in San Diego. Uh, I think they're playing uh, Starland Ballroom again, I think. But I I saw them a couple years ago. It was not good. Let's put it that way. Pre-pandemic. Not good. Uh, Coming up in 10 minutes, uh, Jim McCune and Jackie DiBella, the co-founders of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards, are going to join me. Cool new stuff happening with the awards. We'll get into all of that and some other stuff from them in just about 10 minutes from now. Left Hand Brewing Company busting out uh, a bunch of different stouts, preparing to resurrect Wake Up Dead Imperial Stout. It's a brewed with morbid amounts of malt for a runiciously delicious brew that's darker than the inside of a coffin, according to the press release. Um, four packs of 12-ounce bottles on draft as well. Wake Up Dead is now added to the brewery's year-round lineup of beers. Um, this is a, let's see, it's a black stout, dark chocolate cake, hints of dried fruit, licorice, and coffee, 10.2% ABV. They say you'll feel this brew in your bones. It says it pairs well with German chocolate cake, fireplaces, campfires, starlit nights, and snowstorms. Also making their debut this month, French Toast Milk Stout, a brunch-inspired brew with notes of maple syrup, vanilla, and rich caramel malt. At 6% ABV, French Toast is roasty, balanced, and drinkable with just a hint of cinnamon. It's available in limited quantities on draft and in six pound of packs of 12-ounce cans in the tasting room and wherever left-hand beers are sold. Our friends from Heavy Seas, a bunch of different things coming out. Uh, they, they asked the question, what if we mashed up Loose Cannon IPA and Duck Pin Pale Ale? They teamed up with their brewing buds at Union to find out. Bowling with Pirates brewed with all the hops we use in Loose Cannon and all of the hops Union uses in Duck Pin. Finished off with Chico Super Bloom Yeast to roll the natural turpins to the next frame. It's available on Drafted in Cans Friday, October 21st at the Heavy Seas Tap Room. Dark Anchor is returning. That's a 2022 USBTC Grand Champion. Rich, multi-complex with a surprisingly dry finish. This robust English-style porter is wonderfully drinkable. Dark Anchor hits the Heavy Seas Tap Room on Friday, October 28th. And look out for six packs wherever you get Heavy Seas beers. And then out now, Hugh Sisson's favorite beer, Winter Storm. It's a winter ale at 7.5% ABV, an exceptionally balanced beer. Uh, for this time of year when the days get shorter, the nights grow longer, and the air is crisp, uh, full of nutty malts and earthy hops. So good stuff coming from Heavy Seas um, in the next couple of weeks, which is great. So the Great American Beer Festival was back since the uh, first time since the pandemic, uh, and the city of Denver celebrating a successful festival. It brought a big boost to the local economy. The Brewers Association says the big crowd spent an estimated $15.2 million while they were in town, highly beneficial to local bars, restaurants, shops, and hotels. More than 500 breweries from across the country were at the event. 23 Colorado breweries brought home a combined 26 medals at the festival. Some of them who won are good friends from our mutual friend. Uh, They got a gold medal for uh, Tristero in the Brett Beer category, a silver medal for Beer Ovale in the Mixed Culture Brett Beer category, Left Hand Brewing, Got a bronze medal for St. Vrain in the Belgian-style Strong Specialty Ale category. Silver medal for Milk Stout in the Oatmeal Stout category. And Brewery of the Year, um, uh, 15,000 to 100,000 barrels. And then Odell Brewing, 
uh, got a bronze for dark helmet in the Imperial Stout category. The most meddled brewery was North Park Beer Company out of San Diego. They won gold for their English IPA or New Zealand IPA, silver for juicy or hazy Imperial IPA, and then two bronze for American style and Imperial IPA. So I have to get to North Park Beer when I'm in San Diego. That has to be a stop there uh, on the list. In New Jersey, the only two... Breweries to metal were Triumph and Red Bank, bronze for their Killer Pills, which I've had. It's fantastic. But Source won bronze for their Colts Abbey, their Belgian-style strong specialty. So isn't that interesting? So a Colorado brewery won, uh, Left Ham won for their Belgian strong, a bronze. But Source took the, go- uh, uh, took the uh, I'm sorry, Source won gold, not bronze. Was it bronze? No, it can't be. Yeah, it's gold. They won gold. Jeez, what an idiot I am. I love how when I write down the wrong things. Uh, you know what? Let me just double check that because I'm almost positive Source said they won gold. And, I, I you know, like an idiot at times, which I can be, um, I start copying and pasting stuff. And see, that's the problem. When you copy and paste stuff, yeah, they won gold. Thank you. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's just terrible. Sorry, guys. I love the guys from Source Brewing. I don't want to make a mistake like that. Kudos to Source. That's a huge award. That's a great beer, Colts Abbey. That's gold. If it's on tap at Source, drink it. Trust me, gold medal. Uh, in New York, Kings Court in Poughkeepsie won a bronze for an amber uh, American Amber Red Ale. And the brewery at the Culinary Institute of America in New Hyde Park won a bronze for a classic Sasson. So that's great. Good stuff. Uh, kudos to the folks in Jersey Triumph and Source for their medals as well. Our friends from Trogues has announced the release of their iconic holiday ale, Mad Elf, currently celebrating its 25th anniversary. As a brewery, Trogues is is reaching another milestone with the 20th annual release of Mad Elf. So this beer was hatched back in the fall of 2002. It is a -a once-a-year holiday ale, a ruby red glow born from five varieties of tree-ripened cherries, Bing, Lambert, Van, and Royal Land, contribute a bright and juicy sweetness. A Montemorosi adds a touch of tartness. Uh, Pennsylvania honey is the other key ingredient. They source over 25,000 pounds of local wildflower honey from the Happy Beekeeper in nearby uh, Carlisle, Pennsylvania. They say, John Trogner says, we like to say it's not the holidays until you've had your first mad elf. They say it captures the holiday season in a glass. It's available in 12-ounce cans and bottles at the brewery and throughout Pennsylvania starting this week, everywhere else, or this past week, everywhere else Trogue's beer is sold over the next few weeks. Mad Elf will be on draft beginning in mid-November. And then Louisville Beer Week returning for another year, welcoming the community to help celebrate five years of Louisville Beer Week and the historic and ever-evolving beer community in Louisville. This year, Louisville Beer Week is running from Friday, October 21st through Sunday, October 30th, including an inaugural Louisville Beer Fest kickoff event at the German American Club. It will once again feature beer collaborations, panel discussions this beer week, multiple citywide events put on by nearly 25 brewery tap rooms, And for the first time ever, Louisville beer lovers have the opportunity to attend this kickoff beer festival showcasing only Louisville-based tap rooms. That takes place on Friday, October 21st from 5 to 10 p.m. at the German American Club. Participating breweries, Third Turn Brewing, Against the Grain, Akasha, Apocalypse Brew Works, Chimera, Gordon Biersch, uh, which uh, Gordon Biersch is based out of Louisville? I didn't think so. I thought that was West Coast. Uh, you know, okay. Highwire, uh, uh, Monic, uh, Shipping Port, Wild Hops, Old Louisville Brewing, a whole bunch of others, Noble Funk as well. Uh, for more information 
Uh, more information about Louisville Beer Week events. So they're having the uh, the beer fest, as I said, 5 to 10 p.m. at the German American Club. It's a $10 ticketed event, and then you have to pay for uh, for pours. Uh, from Stav to Glass Barrel Panel, that's on Tuesday, October 25th at Bourbon's Bistro. That's also a ticketed event, and space is limited. And then they're having a Women in Beer Panel on Thursday, October 27th from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Logan Street Market. A donations to the Pink Boot Society is encouraged. So that's really cool. So uh, Louisville Beer Week. I love it. Now, uh, when we come back after a short break, we're going to have Jim McCune and Jackie DiBella. They are the co-founders of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. Now, I'm hoping uh, during Suds and Duds, I will be able to reveal something uh, that uh, was told to me. I'm not sure if I'm able to say it yet, but I'm going to wait until the end of the show to kind of uh, get it out there. It involves a brand new facility that's opening up very soon that's going to have go-karts and all kinds of just crazy stuff uh, in New Jersey and a New Jersey brewery. You don't want to miss it because it's really cool, and, and I'm a big fan of this brewery, and uh, I just I love the fact that um, they're going to be doing this at this uh, at this facility, which I think is really cool. Uh, but that's coming up ne- coming up next. Jim McHugh and Jackie DeBella, the co-founders of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards, are going to join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. Naked Ladies is the band, and no, Stephen Page is not the lead singer anymore. He is, uh, they let him go a while ago. He had some, uh, unfortunately, some substance abuse issues. Not that I want to bring that up here and make light of it. Uh, but the song is called Alcohol. The band is Bare Naked Ladies. Stephen Page actually played with The Who uh, last week, actually opened for them, which is kind of cool. Uh, so good to see that he is still uh, continuing his musical endeavors. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer you can follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo. That's G A T U L O. Facebook dot com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Email at Albert G N Y C Radio dot com or on iTunes and Google Podcasts. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can also find us. Uh, on Alexa, on Amazon, you can find us on iHeartRadio, Odyssey.com. All you have to do, again, is do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. And, of course, the Hopped Up Network, hoppedupnetwork.com. You can find my show in podcast form and a plethora of others as well when the radio show ends, which is really cool. You can download and listen to it whenever you want. Now, my next guests, the co-founders of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards, they've been on the show plenty of times, the CMBAs. Uh, have announced their annual award series. The early bird entries are taking place now. You can get them in through October 28th. For more info on how to enter your beer and uh, your beer marketing materials, etc., just go over to craftbeermarketingawards.com. Let me welcome back to the program Jim McCune and Jackie DeBella to the Craft Beer Cast. Jim, Jackie, how are you guys? Hey, Al. Uh, Jim, you there? Okay. <laughs> hey, guys. How is everybody? Doing, doing well. Hopefully both of you guys are doing well. Let's dive right in. Jackie, I'm going to start with you. There are new categories for some of the awards this year, but the thing that I love the most, and you you guys spotlighted this in your press release, is that the award now has a dual purpose. Jackie, tell the audience about this cool feature for the award. Uh, Yeah, so this year we've started including sort of industry suppliers and partners, meaning those who are growing the hops, those who are supplying equipment, 
uh, kegs, all of that can now enter into specific categories. We also started a for a cause category, which we're super excited about, um, called show up your test. Jim, I don't know if you want to dive into that. This is kind of Jim's brainchild. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, we've, we, we know that uh, a lot of people in our industry have tattoos and a lot of them are actually beer and brewing specific mm-hmm. So we decided this year for a cause, everyone who enters category 38, which is best beer and brewing related tattoo, all of that money will go to charity to the uh, Michael James Jackson foundation. And they're a grant making organization that funds scholarships, um, to black, indigenous, and people of color within the brilliant and distilling trades. Oh, that's very cool. That's awesome. So, if you have a, so anybody who enters that category, and obviously they're they're you know they're they're paying money to get their entry in, you're going to donate part a portion of that money uh, to this scholarship fund. That's very cool. Yes, fifty dollars and all one hundred percent of the proceeds go to the uh, to the organization. And I think I'm the only one in the industry without a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to change that then, Jim. We got to get you gotta get yourself a tattoo. Come on! Oh no, there it is. <laughs> I would say you put a, you you get a tattoo of a crushy. Yeah, exactly. Right on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We're talking with Jim McCune and Jackie DeBella, both co-founders of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. For more info on how you can enter your beer, your art, your tap handle, etc., just go over to craftbeermarketingawards.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. But the big, the big thing, though, is the actual award itself, guys. The award. Yeah, the trophy. Is, yeah, the trophy itself. When you get the trophy mm-hmm. now, it's not just something to display at your brewery. Tell the audience, and, and I'll let either one of you take this one, uh, tell the audience what the award can do now. Yeah, so. actually Jackie's brainchild, so I'll let her go. <laughs> yeah, we're swapping roles here. Um, yeah, we actually wanted to make it something functional since, People have won a ton of these. Um, we wanted to also keep the trophy within the industry. So we're working with Steel City Taps this year. They created our crushy and made it into a functional tap handle. So all three versions of our trophy can now be utilized in a brewery on a tap. It's awesome. That that is See, now that's pretty cool because you know that that is a focal point for people when they walk into a brewery. Everybody who walks into a brewery wants to see something unique. And when they see that tap handle, they're going to go, Hey, what is that? Is that a, and and again, it obviously could apply to any beer that they're they're putting it on the tap handle. But I I love the fact that it now becomes a focal point uh, for the brewery, which is really really cool. And the the awards themselves are completely made in the United States. Is that right? Yep, I think it's yeah, Alabama. Made in the USA. Are. Awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. Now you guys have had a huge response to the awards over the years, and as I mentioned, early bird entries have started through October twenty eighth. But Jim, that's not the end. Uh, of the of the road there. How long do they? How long do breweries have to submit their entry? It doesn't end on October twenty eighth. Uh, it's a, it's a few months after that. Is that correct? Oh yeah, the entry deadline um, is January twenty seventh. So we'll have a little time to get your entries in, and um, there's there's a lot of them to peruse. So go to crushy the crushies dot com. The crushies dot com. Jackie, did more people in breweries outside of the U.S. Uh, enter the awards last year, and how has the reaction around the world to the Crushies been received? Oh, yeah. We had a huge, huge amount of entries last year. I believe we had over 240 winners, so that kind of gives you an idea of the quantity we had of amazing work. 
Um, the reception has been amazing. People are super excited. We were actually able to have a smaller in-person version of the ceremony last year during the Craft Brewers Conference in Minneapolis. Um, and we had past winners from all around the world come join us and take pictures with their crushies. We had big crushy cutouts on a stage. Um, it was really, really cool. We had Australia present, UK, London, um, every, everything you could think of. It was an amazing night. And now this year we're moving towards a full in-person ceremony in uh, May. Which is cool. And, and again, right, the, 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 uh, the awards are in May, and they're going to be held uh, in Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Nashville, yeah. Oh, Nashville, Nashville. That's right. So, Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. That's where you're going to go to get your awards. And and for those that don't know, this isn't just um, Jim. This isn't just beer uh, itself. It, it you know you can enter for your uh, marketing campaign. You can enter your podcast or radio show in it. Um, there are a lot of different categories in which people can enter that are in the beer business. What are a couple that were new last year that you kind of were surprised by uh, the amount of entries? Was there any one category that you were kind of surprised at how many entries came in from some of the newer categories? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I definitely know podcast last year was one of our new categories, and we obviously know how important podcasts have grown in our industry specifically, and that one really uh, was new and, and took off. Uh, and that, and that's great. I mean, and obviously there are people doing beer podcasts, not just, you know, obviously here in New York, but uh, all over the country, which is awesome. Now, speaking of podcasts, and we're talking with Jim McCune and Jackie DeBella, both co-founders of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. For more info on how to enter, you can go to craftbeermarketingawards.com. They're on Instagram. They've got a great account. Definitely check it out. But speaking of podcasts, the podcast is now in its third year. How has it expanded your knowledge of the marketing side of the business, Jackie? Oh, we get such great insight, and the stories behind the work are unbelievable. Um, you know, we've talked to everybody from agencies to in-house creatives to just the artists themselves that freelance this out to different breweries. Um, it's it's been really cool, and we also have um, one. I think it's going live this week. We spoke to the digital marketing director over at Yakima Chief Hop. So we're getting insight from all over the industry of how they're utilizing their marketing team and all the different tactics available to them to get their brand out there. So it's definitely worth a listen if you are in the marketing space, working with breweries. Um, there's a lot of great tips and tricks that we talk about. And and let's stick with that for a second in, in terms of marketing. Uh, and Jim, I, I'll ask you this question. Uh, when a lot of people are noticing lately, or breweries are noticing lately, when they're posting their newest beer that they're trying to sell, whether it's in cans or it's on tap at the brewery, a lot of times... Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, seems to be um, you know muting those those uh, those pictures, uh, or not so much muting them, but it's not uh, unveiling them to a larger audience. Now, I don't know if that's a push of Facebook and Instagram to try and get you to buy ads, or if it's if it's just they you know they don't want to be showing alcohol uh, to people maybe under the age of eighteen and showing them these images and stuff of alcohol under the age of eighteen. Have you guys seen any of that with any of the breweries that you that you work with or any of the marketing groups that you work with that Instagram seems to not be the platform anymore for people to be posting stuff about alcohol? It's a great question and it's a tricky one because Instagram Facebook is you know one of uh, one of our top uh, promoters. Right. But we have seen issues lately with the algorithms cracking down much tougher on anything beer or alcohol related. 
Um, so I think it's just some shifts in the way we do business. Uh, the perfect example is uh, Craft Beer Marketing Awards.com. Mm-hmm. That's our website, but uh, we've actually shifted it to thecrushies.com um, as part of that help as well. So it's something that's being really um, surfaced in our industry and in every seminar that we've been in. So great question, and uh, we're not actually sure um, where it's going to go. Hopefully it gets smarter and, and allows us to do the business because everyone on social, you're either tagged as 21 or over or not. So, right. So, I mean, that's what it and sounds just like. To, sorry, just to jump in two cents there. Um, the other piece of the puzzle with Instagram is they're pushing reels. So that video content right. that we knew was coming to be so important, that's what's getting pushed out. So if you have a new beer, you know, instead of just posting a picture of it, take that beautiful can and pour it into a glass and post that instead. Um, that will get picked up more so than your stagnant image. See that's that's interesting, and it's interesting how trends sh- uh, shift because obviously that sounds to me from from an Instagram standpoint that they're going after that TikTok audience that is constantly posting mm-hmm. these videos of thirty seconds or a minute to get people attracted because maybe it's the attention span or you know whatever the case may be. But for for static shows like mine, you know I rely more on a picture on Instagram mm-hmm. to show you, hey, th- this is who the, the guest that I'm talking to this week. These are the things that I have. And it might not necessarily be the best thing in the world to use a video on, but maybe that's something um, to look at when you're exploring those different algorithms because it seems like the algorithm changes at a moment's yep. notice. No matter what you do, it seems like something flips at a moment's notice. So uh, that's. I will uh, say, in relation to what you just said, mm-hmm. if it's cheap, it's twelve ninety nine a month, the, the program is called Canva, canva.com. Mm-hmm. Anyone can make any type of video with text, image, whatever you need. That has become a saving grace for those in the industry. You don't have a full video or marketing team. Anybody can use that site. There you go. Free advice. I love it. I love it. My guests have been Jim McCune and Jackie DiBella, both co-founders of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. For more info on how to enter your beer, art, whatever, just go to the it's the crushies.com or it's crushies.com. TheCrushies.com. TheCrushies.com. Perfect. Uh, Again, uh, early entries uh, by the end of the month, October 28th. The deadline uh, for entries completely is in January. All the information is there on the website. Jim, Jackie, thanks so much for joining me again on the program. Very much appreciate it. Thank you again. It's always fun. You got it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Final segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Your love is driving me crazy. The Red Rocker, Sammy Hagar, turning 75 this past Thursday. And, you know, for the last several years, I have uh, entered the contest to try and win tickets to go to the birthday party in Cabo. I never seem to get in. One of these years, I'm hoping that I get there. I mean, 75, Sammy looks like, Sammy looks 25 years younger, easily, easily. He looks like he's late 40s, early 50s. He's still kicking it, still drinking, still playing, still just 
just crushing it, ladies and gentlemen, just crushing it. So uh, good stuff. We've got to get the suds and duds, and we'll get to it in a moment. But a couple of things I wanted to touch on. The Lost Tavern Brewing event that was last weekend at the Lost Tavern Brewing in Hellertown in Pennsylvania was an awesome event. So many great beers. I didn't get a chance to uh, really get into all of it, and you know, but there was so many. I mean, District 96, you had Other Half, you had Tin Barn, uh, their gelato was phenomenal. District 96 beers were awesome. Uh, imprint, they had a stout that just blew me away with the, the coconut, whatever, is 12%. Uh, the guys from Icarus and Twin Elephant and Bolero and Source, uh, all of them doing a, a kick-butt job. So many great breweries raising money for a, a wonderful cause for pediatric cancer. I, this is the second year I've been at this event. I love going. It is awesome. It's only two hours you know, for the old, you know, the sort of you pay one price, you get a T-shirt and a tasting glass and all-you-can-drink event. But it is phenomenal. It's so much fun. And the District 96 guys, they're out of their minds. They brought this enormous beer funnel with different hoses and stuff. I did not partake in that. But it was so much fun. Raffles. Whatever. I don't know the exact number of how much they raised. I'm sure we'll get that number in the coming weeks. When, we, when they do, I will certainly let you know how much they raised uh, for pediatric cancer. It's, an, it's just an awesome event. And the Lost Tavern does such a great job with it. Now, uh, one other announcement uh, that I have to make before we uh, we get out of here. So um, that I teased earlier in the show, and I hope I'm not betraying confidences because I had not heard from Jan, but they did say they were going to re- release it at some point this week. So um, Jersey Cyclone is going to be partnering with Supercharged Entertainment, which is opening up the world's largest go-kart track in Edison, New Jersey, for a special local craft beer experience at their track. So incorporated into the food and on tap. So they're making a beer specifically for the the uh, the, the facility, which is awesome. Uh, they're projecting four to 5,000 people a day through the place. There's hatchet throwing. There's going to be bumper cars. There's going to be an arcade there. They're huge supporters of local, according to Jan. Uh, they're very excited to partner with them. I, I think this is just an awesome thing. So um, you know, let's see what let's see what happens here. I'm I'm hoping that I'm not betraying confidences at this point, but uh, tremendous job uh, by Jan to get this thing uh, rocking and rolling, and um, you know it, it's going to be great. And I'm a big fan of Jersey Cyclone. I think they do a great job, and I have to get back over to that brewery uh, again one of these days. So that is cool. So if you're going to be going to this event, and I think the the racetrack is supposed they're talking about having the facility open for next month. Um, uh, we'll see, and it's right. I think it's right next to Top Golf. So this is like this entertainment mecca, literally minutes off of two eighty seven. Uh, if you're in New Jersey, um, you know, in that Edison area, you know, towards the Woodbridge Mall, Menlo Park Mall, things like that. Very short ride from Staten Island, maybe forty five minutes an hour from the city. Not too bad. All right, let's dive in uh, to suds and duds. So I was at Paragon Tap and Table last week for dinner with my wife. Beautiful night we had on the patio. Weather was gorgeous. Um, so, uh, I said to, uh, Tom Funk behind the bar, I said, Funk, surprise me with something. Give me something that I haven't had, you know, I, I, whatever, surprise me. So he did a can of tired hands brewing. Um, uh, it's a collab. I forgot who they did the collab with, but a, a strawberry milkshake IPA. Oh my goodness. The strawberry was super subtle in it, but very good. Really enjoyed that beer. Uh, it was kind of a surprise because strawberry doesn't always work. Uh, for me in beers, especially lactose. I don't know. It kind of throws me off a little bit. But wouldn't you know, when I got home, lo and behold, I forgot that uh, Kim and Colleen had given me a bunch of beers from uh, Crack One at the Summit. 
and one of the, what happened to be one of the beers in that group, strawberry fennel hefeweizen by Great Barn Brewing. Let me tell you something. Uh, I I have to say this was a tasty beer. The strawberry and the fennel mixed perfectly together. Uh, I was really surprised. I was a little concerned because it was fennel, uh, but the strawberry actually worked with it. A crisp, delicious beer. Just really, really nice. Uh, and then one of the other ones that I had from that grouping of beers that I got, Nepenthe Brewing. Uh, I believe these guys are out of Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, uh, banging double IPA. Nice and juicy. Really, really uh, delicious. And then uh, Kim had given me this, um, uh, a bunch of stuff from Two Tides. And uh, one of the beers from Two Tides is a, is called Layers. This is the mango peach apricot version. Uh, ridiculously good. And as I wrote in my description on Untapped, and you can follow me on Untapped at Catulo, I said, so many flavors bursting on my tongue, and it's balanced. Like nothing was overpowering the other, but yet I got the mango, I got the peach, I got the apricot. Like everything kind of melded perfectly without one of them go, oh, all right, it's a little heavier on the mango, it's a little heavy peach, I'm not getting the apricot. Everything sort of balanced one another out uh, on, on the tongue. What a delicious beer. It's just unbelievable. Fantastic. And then I capped off the night um, last Friday with a PB uh, chocolate stout by Source Brewing. It's a great beer. It's a smash pour, one of those smash pour beers. Uh, but it's fantastic because the peanut butter and chocolate, again, it's there. It's subtle. It's not overpowering. The peanut butter isn't blowing you away. The chocolate isn't blowing you away. It's very well balanced. Uh, a delicious beer. And then one or two, I took pictures last Saturday. One or two of the beers that I had. Uh, at the event, oh no, this is uh, Sunday from the wedding. My cousin Dean got married to his uh, uh, girlfriend, uh, fiance uh, Catherine. Phenomenal wedding. Craft beer selection, not so good, but so I stuck with uh, hard booze. Um, but a great wedding nonetheless on a Sunday night. It was phenomenal. Oh, and I got to run into uh, Governor Murphy. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Imprint had uh, from Mortalis Brewing this barrel aged stout collab. Which was uh, a bourbon barrel aged stout with toasted coconut, Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee, and Ecuadorian cacao nibs. Oh my goodness, like 12, 13%. Ridiculously good. Um, and then brewery out of uh, Baltimore, Full Tilt, uh, Jahamba Jams, a four score ice cream sour collab brewed with blackberries, pistachio. What is this? A pistachio ice cream and vanilla. Sick. Got to meet Frank the Tank, one of the guys in the New Jersey uh, craft beer uh, group. He turned me on to that. He says, you got to have that, man. It was awesome, and it was absolutely awesome. And then Tin Barnes uh, melted ice cream schmoogee uh, with apples and peaches and just just unbelievable stuff. I mean, the event is, is amazing and raises so much money uh, for pediatric cancer. It's definitely an event that you want to go to. And then finally, uh, I bought a four-pack of the Hops for Hopes 2022 collab uh, by Lost Tavern. And what's great is the the beer can itself, the picture of the beer can, is all logos from all the different breweries that took part, whether it was Source, whether it was Tin Barn, uh, um, uh, Other Half, uh, Imprint. You had uh, Bolero, Twin Elephant, Icarus, Trogues, um, you know, all of these different other, I mentioned Other Half, uh, District 96, Tin Barn, all these different breweries. They have all the stickers all over there. It was awesome, and it's an outstanding collaboration. Juicy, hoppy, little bit of pine, so it had that little bit of West Coast, little juiciness. Not a not a you know super hazy, phenomenal beer, a banging beer. It was a lot of fun. Had a great time. Uh, also, 
kudos to um, Wild East Brewing celebrating two years this weekend. Uh, their their two year grand anniversary. I'll have a review on that next week on next week's program. A lot of fun. Uh, Killsboro celebrating five years this weekend. Kudos to those guys. I didn't get a chance to get over there on Staten Island on Saturday uh, for their big party, but uh, just an amazing uh, amazing stuff from all of these great breweries. You know, just guys keep keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. My thanks to everyone involved in the show, as well as my guests, Jim McCune and Jackie DeBella, the co-founders of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards, or the Crushies, as they're calling it now. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back live on the Joe Piscopo Show Monday at 6 a.m., this has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.